Welcome to season two of Conversate Trans. Conversate Trans is an intergeneration podcast exploring trans culture. We're a small art and history collective, and in each episode, Jills and Alexandra interview other trans people. That means we're a trans podcast meant for trans people. The type of podcast we do is a free-flowing conversation with other trans people we know or don't know. We want to document and highlight the vast story of the experience in the trans community. Because behind every salacious story portrayed in the media are these glorious, kind, audacious people who have their own stories and various smileys that go along with being trans. Hi, I'm Jules. And I'm Alexandra. And welcome to Conversate Trans. This week we have Fiona Lee with us, a writer and I believe an actress and singer. And would you like to tell us about the item you brought with you, Fiona, and to like say more about yourself? Ah. Uh. Uh, hi, um, I've brought a small tone with me. <laughs> um, I well, I've, I've got a lot of realia going on here, but I have a uh, I brought my new home tone as part of uh, like the as I said the objects uh, that define or have become to define who I am or become part of who I am and who's helped uh, what is help shaping me and molding me um i'm bringing in the uh small town of cove east county cork for those of you who think that my accent is redolent of a a perry person or a limerick person i am most uh vocally from cork and i'm living in in cove east cork at the moment and i'm actually really really happy to be here I am blessed to be here. I am blessed to be alive. I am blessed, strangely enough, to be even doing my transition here in in Cove, which a place that I was saying there to Lisa earlier, I thought I would never be caught dead in, much less uh, be <laughs> changing my, my sex and my gender. So um, I'm very, very happy here. I think it's, it's a harbour tone, as I said, and I feel that the... The collective response to me as I'm beginning this journey has been quite very, very supportive, actually. I don't know about you all. I think when you're you're beginning to transition, trying to break that barrier of, of, you know, wearing the makeup, wearing the clothes and wearing, you know, the the accoutrements of whatever gender it is you want to be is it's you fight society and you also fight yourself in a large extent because we've learned so much of this you know we've absorbed all this crap growing up especially here in Ireland like like Jews where, where are you from example oh yeah I just have a very odd accent but I am from Kilkenny because <laughs> I yeah so you're from Kilkenny where's yeah, that is I that know. like is that outside Ontario or something? Is okay, there no. a, a new Kilkenny? No, I honestly don't know why I sound like this. I think I've said it before that I'm pretty sure I just wanted to be on television. So I was like, oh, I think I should like talk like the TV people or I wanted to be on Barney to be specific. But yes, I do go out as like, oh. is he that where Ariana Grande got her start? No, that was like Selena In Barney? Yeah, Selena Gomez started on Barney. Oh, I didn't know that. Ah. Wow. Yeah, well, I, Barney, I actually used to watch Barney as a, well, <laughs> as a very young teenager. It was Irish television. There wasn't much on. Yeah. There wasn't much on back in the day. We didn't have a satellite at the orphanage. No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Bad taste. Pardon me. But, um... Yeah, so whatever it when you're trying to show your true self to where you're living in your immediate environment, it can be a very scary, difficult thing. And I think that that's my biggest um, call it the bugbear, perhaps with the whole transition thing, is is that the the fear that I have in actually going out in the kind of dress that that I want to be in or like the heels, whatever. Um, so I bring you, I'm bringing, as I said, I'm bringing in Cove because Cove is teaching me to become a lady as it were, because I used to live in Beijing, China for five and a half years. 
And that's where I actually became, I, I, I began to suspect that uh, I wasn't like all the boys as such. Yeah. And there was a lot, as I said, when you're growing up in Ireland, I, probably the same most places, but, and I, I don't know, I don't want to be going into anything kind of, you know, religious or anything like that, but we we are, we don't have the best, we don't grow up to be uh, the most, um, our, our emotional hygiene as a nation doesn't tend to be, the you know, world class. And, um, but I found that that being in 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 China, where these ro- the the rules of the, the binary wasn't as prescribed as it is over here, isn't as written in in concrete as it is over here. I felt there it was actually people were seeing that I was trans before I even knew it myself. Really? Yes, that's, that's really interesting because um, I don't know if you've heard recently China has banned feminine men from media. Yes. Yeah, and that's where you, it's so terrible because that's yeah. where gay men would go to be gay, you know, because you couldn't do it in an everyday thing. You couldn't do it in an everyday context, you yeah. know. And yeah, even though the gay apps were there and all this kind of stuff was there, the, tra- um, the transgender experience was there in, in uh, very, very tiny, incomplete microcosms. Definitely was. I, I met a few. Uh, like important stars, but sorry, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say I've only kind of like modern Chinese kind of culture. I only know that through like Asian friends who aren't Chinese, and it's usually quite yes. like negative and like. Oh, it is. It can be. It yeah. Can be. For for being a, a Chinese person, it is. But when you're a, a white person, when I mean, you're in 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 Beijing, I've actually been the a very, a very happy recipient of white privilege. Really? When I when I was there, oh yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think there's a backlash. No, I mean it. It. I. I'm back two years. I. I spent as I said five and a half years in Beijing, and I think I actually that that was quite enough. They say that when you go to China, that it's the first year is the best, and you spend the rest of the four and a half years chasing the dragon, literally, <laughs> because. You know, it's true. It's like I—I I actually had everything that I needed. I'd learned everything in the first, the first twelve months, hey, and after you? that, sorry, hmm? what brought you to Beijing? I that's a very uh, initially chronic unemployment. Okay, and yeah, I, I there was there was nothing there was nothing in Ireland, and I had deep down in the permafrost i had i i had always wanted to be a woman i knew deep down even since i was a kid but i was actually um i was in a, a long-term relationship with a, a woman who was still my my family my dearest friend she goes beyond language and um, this lady and the things had gotten so bad in 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 ireland in terms of the recession, it was like 2013. So the recession, yeah. I did a Celtic course and I got the hell out of there. And I didn't look back. I've written a book about my my whole, um, how would I say, my my little, my journey. It was a talk about transmigration. That That's exactly what it was. And I, I write about how, uh, I know, but I think it's it's actually been used, you see. Um, oh, have you not the, published yet? No, and I, I. This is why I'm kind of uh, trying to find podcasts and stuff. I'm trying to kind of, uh, uh, how do they say? Uh, I'm there with the whatever the begging bowl. Yeah, but uh, please, oh please, you know. I, I mean, I can. I'm owning my own narrative finally, mom. You know, and um, I know to use it, and I know to express myself and. So I, I wrote about it because it, it totally changed my life. It, I, I did not come back the same person for many different reasons, for many different reasons. Um, but the, the main reason being that for me, it brought my femininity that had been buried under a lot of shame 
yeah, uh, had been buried under a lot of, I think, what us, us uh, a lot, but look across the board. You don't become an addict without having had something happen to you, and it usually happens in early childhood. I've done all the the psychotherapy. I've done all the uh, as much research as I'm prepared to do. Um, you know, between whatever ten and three of a day, because you need time to, you know, disengage from that too. But I, I I've done all my my research. I started to discover who I was purely by joining the punk rock scene in Beijing. Oh. Yeah, it's like, because I, I feel like a lot of trans people have kind of gone into that kind of music or alternative scenes. Yes. But like in Beijing, that's like, that's cool. That's a story. Thank you very much. It, it, it's a story. Uh, and then to be taken on board as this thing, this epicene thing from you know, I think always England because they didn't know Ireland, but they knew they knew because of the dirt because it's Beijing. Uh, they knew the song "Dirty Old Town," All which right. is a song that I was always, you know, I, I used to sing. I was, I, I, I used to be a folk artist. Um, but um, uh, so "Dirty Old Town" was a an anthem in Beijing, and I could sing it, and I was extremely popular with the punk rock men and I started morphing I started to give myself the psychic sex change or whatever you want to call it um popular as in like sexually ah yeah okay I was just (laughs) like yeah yeah wait it took it took a bit of time to kind of navigate the slatternness It, it took me time uh to it, basically, I, I, at, the, at the very beginning, I wasn't going to do anything with anyone because I didn't understand to, to begin with. But that's when all the rumors began about me being a bit of a, um, how would I say, an unrepentant hooker, you know? Right. Um, I was going to say whore. But... Well, okay, whore. Um, whatever. A lot of people just didn't were kind of a bit taken back initially it was kind of like oh you know the usual thing would be like you know or bowie um iggy pop that kind of thing then started turning more into debbie harry you know courtney love kind of thing and and with the requisite amount of trauma to go with it so of course it was going to be catnip for the punks who all, I mean, like they have their own social and societal pressures as well. A being being homosexual, forget about it. That even though they were all literally, most of them were just like if I if I even talked to them, it's like they'd, you know, kind of a spontaneous orgasm. It was it was it was really strange. Oh. Uh, yeah, um, if I do if I do say so myself, by the way, because well. you know, I mean. A lot of the time, it's always like, who the hell does this person think they is? Spontaneous orgasm, and you know, what kind of what 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 degree of narcissist are you like? But the feet that that was my experience. I started to change because I, I started using all these like my transness was like deep down, as I said, in the permafrost in a little cave of Altamira or something. This is how I, I, in my writing, it was all these symbols that had to come up to the surface. And it, it kind of, in conjunction with uh, fondness for the drink and stuff, uh, initially I didn't really know what was happening. All I knew was that I was something of a, um, a, a kind of a cause celeb in Beijing as a punk rock transgender woman. Did you have like a band? Yes. Well, I had several. I had several. Um, My first ever band was a terrible, well, it was absolutely shocking band. We called ourselves Social Hand Grenade. 
uh, it was a far cry from because I used, I used to say that goes to be a, a, a punk a punk a Shannos punk cabaret singer of course just just for the oh, wow a, a kind of very genre specific yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I started singing on the streets of Cork in another lifetime and that ended quite badly but anyway whatever but anyway I don't know I remember what I was thinking oh yeah so I, I came with a respect for the for song and for self-expression and it was actually from initially punk rock my that was one of the first things that I, my part of my things I wanted to bring in today it was like my the album changed my life was uh, an album called pretty on the inside by hole um which is courtney love with kirk Cobain's, uh widow or murderer actually saying that you're a fan of courtney love's early stuff is kind of like saying you know I actually really, really like J.K. Rowling, <laughs> you know, in, in its own way, um, because she's seen culturally as just a, a bit of a, how would I say, a, a cancer and a charlatan oh. and a pariah. Mm. And a lot of the reason I suppose I would identify with her is because I was a pariah myself growing up, whether I identified as being trans, gay or, or you know, whatever. Um, hermaphrodite or mule whatever I was never going I was never destined to fit into the small town in West Cork in Ireland agricultural with the agriculture uh, like we say it was Mockerel and the Pharma and um, GAA and all that kind of stuff that it was never going to I was never going to fit that so I had this person who was all lipstick and eyeliner and a guitar and really weird poetry, which juxtaposed beautiful images with really, you know, fucked up things. And that for me was uh, revelatory. Revelatory. It changed my life. I was 16. I was angry. I had no voice. Uh, And when, when your parents actually take your music and to listen to it to see what you're listening to and they say oh Courtney Love is a dirty whore and I was like rock on Courtney (laughs) rock on I actually have found my pair it was like it was like syphilis on my father's eardrums oh wow it was okay yeah yeah but you see the thing is that that is what you know being uh, when you're listening and you're you're finding out what your your palate is when you're a kid that's what you, in my day, Generation X, it was like, you know, you didn't want your parents to be liking what was in your collection. So I'm not going off topic a bit, but anyway, all. No, okay. It's a conversation. We like maneuver through topics. Oh, yeah. And I, uh, how do I say, <laughs> uh, like a, a juggernaut, but. Um, Anyway, to cut a long story short, I discovered my true self in a, a punk rock bar in Beijing called School Bar. And that was where uh, my journey began eight years ago. Oh. Eight years ago, almost. Yeah, November, December. No, actually, next February will be, it'll be eight years since I the Islander came out, Fiona, calling myself Fiona came, um, dressing up in tastefully distressed outfits. Um, you know, going through the whole thing about, am I, uh, you know, just uh, gay? Am I just gay? Your anniversary. Hmm? Your anniversary. Anniversary, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Darn, yeah, yeah. Oh. anniversary. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. It was my anniversary, and it, and even at that, and I like I was living completely as well, completely. I don't know, like my personal life. I was a woman. Mm-hmm. I was a woman. 
I had a lovely apartment in the uh, suburbs of Beijing City. And when I hosted my host's morning, I did so in a dress <gasps> and heels. So cute. And the whole thing. But to see, the thing is, that was great when you're not in your own home place. Yeah. And I wasn't dealing with the, you know, the the complex, the complexity of it, really. I wasn't. And it's only since I've come home that I've really, really began to tackle it. I suppose you don't have to, like, deal with family or friends or, like, people you grew As up it, with. Especially in like, a small town. In a small town, you see, well, I've got uh, uh, my person who is beyond language, who has saved my life many the time, and I've saved hers too. And we're an, uh, an unlikely pair, but we make, as I keep saying, heroic sense. But uh, she, she's been, uh, Helen Cavanaronan is her name. She has been, I've known her for 30 years. She's been everything to me, including theatre director. Um, she directed me at the age of 20 when I did, uh, when I played Estragon in Waiting for Godot by Samuel Beckett. And um, she's been totally supportive because I, 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 haven't, I haven't spoken to my parents in many, many years. Right. And I hadn't seen them for 11 years until they walked up to me in the street the other week. I hadn't seen them in 11 years. As Fiona. Okay, yeah. Was it like um, a cordial union? No. (laughs) A cordial Uh union. Uh, No, no. Um, it wasn't, no. It was extremely upsetting, actually. But I... Uh, That's all you can say about it de- if you want. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I believe... No, 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 it's grand. Um, it was extremely upsetting. And I, I will really and truly what I, I really when I took from it, no matter what I was going to do in my life, they were always it was always going to end up with us speaking. It was always going to end up in estrangement, no matter what it was. Uh, Whether I was gay, straight, folk singer, maitre D, um consultant in a piggery or something, whatever, whatever it was that I wanted to be in my life, but not in the piggery, by the way. Um yeah. Yeah, um, it, it, it just wasn't going to be because it was an extremely, it was like being brought up by the Moonies or something, like some really Who kind of weird cult. They're like a cult, you know, kind of religious, like okay. I, I, I don't mm. want to be getting too much into it, but no, yeah. it, it was very strange. To cut a long story short, so we hadn't spoken in many, many years. It ended up extremely bad. And I was on waiting for the bus one Saturday afternoon after doing outdoor yoga and feeling good. And I went to Primark for an old truffle sniff around. And I was happy. And the next thing I looked and there was this man standing with a mask. Look at me. Remember me? And I was like, oh. fuck. It's my father. <laughs> uh, I know I that know. reaction. I know that feeling. I was like, Shit. What am I going to do? Shock, horror. You know, what's, what was the name of that nymph that was got such a shock and seeing Zeus that she turned into a tree? That was me. I was like, oh my God. And I hadn't seen him in 11 years. They, they'd aged the whole time. I was wearing eyeliner. So, to cut a long story short, it was like losing them again. But they weren't, as I said, weren't, they weren't going to accept me for who I was as Finbar. Fiona? Nope. 
So to cut, to cut long story short, I've learned that I, I, I can't ever go back and and deal with, with, with people who made a kind of a blood sport of taking me down a peg or two because I was, this, you know, the black sheep of the family, I suppose. Um, it's not forgiveness. I think that this, this whole narrative and forgiveness is, can be overrated, but it all depends on the situation you're talking about. If you are in an abusive relationship with, especially with a parent who has never bonded with you or loved you, then I think it's, it's actually quite a, from my own personal point of view, um, it's it's actually far more beneficial for me not to forgive them and to work through it, not, not to kind of uh, cultivate bitterness or anything, but just to see that I'm not going to let you and let what you think hurt me anymore. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like, if you're in a position where you're getting hurt, like, like yeah. they want, they don't want you to be yourself. Like, um, no way. You're just wearing a mask the whole your your whole life. It's like you're not living your own life. You're not being who you are. Not at all. Not and, living. And it's true, and it's like you know the comedy tragedy mask with Greek theater. There is a name on them. Um, oh, they're big, long Greek names. No, I forget. But it was a constant, uh, you know, just, just, how do I put it? It was like a chalk mask, a blank, you know, now that I'm recovering, now that I'm on my hormones, now that I am relatively comfortable enough in myself, there's still loads of work to do, but at least I can say at this point in time, you know, sitting, talking to you both. Um, I feel life is, we've only got one life, and it's like the most awful platitude, like something from that you get done in a, you know, a tea towel. I've been to A, like, you know. Um, but you only have one life. You might as well do something with us for crying out loud. And it's a very, very kind of prosaic thing to say in many ways, but to actually feel it is nothing short of revolutionary. So no, I won't be going back there because me, Fiona, Evangeline Lee, or even Fiona Evangeline fucking Lee or Magdalene Lee, whatever the hell, um, I am not going to go back and be treated like destroyed and triggered because I am who I am. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. I don't even know what I could add. Like, I. Well, everybody, what's it? How do you? How do you two get on with your with your family and your environment? Uh, my dad. So it's really awkward. My dad. I haven't come out to him. I don't see him at all very often. He never really bothered me as a child and stuff. Okay. And then now that I have, like, as I've started dressing femme and kind of like been on hormones and stuff, he sees long mm-hmm. hair and stuff and he thinks mm-hmm. I'm a hippie. So oh. it's like, <laughs> no, no, he thinks see, he was a hippie as a kid. So he's like, oh, oh. you're like me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, God. It doesn't matter. You know, you go back, you get, you get, you know, a, a, a breast augmentation that would give Zaza Gabor a, a complex, right? <laughs> you get the bottom surgery, the whole hog. You walk home. Hey, dad, you fucking hippie, cut your hair. It's always the same. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he, see, he was a hippie when he was a kid. He was like all into the rock and stuff. So he yeah. thinks, he just thinks I'm like, like a bit alternative or something. Okay. He doesn't actually realize that I'm like trans, and um, yeah, I, I just yeah. I don't really want to tell him because I'm afraid he'll get like really like I I'm I don't see him at all very often like once every two years at this rate and he's he says he's yeah. moving to America he married this woman so right. I'm hoping they just leave and I don't have to deal with him anymore. <laughs> well, I, I think you have to do what makes you happy. And there will come a time. There will come a time, maybe down the road, that you will want to tell them. Uh yeah. Maybe. Who knows? But see, but he wasn't really there. If you don't, really if you don't want me. to, 
You know, when well, I was growing up, he wasn't. Yeah, there, yeah. So I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not too pushed about like having a relationship with him now as an adult. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, and if because I mean, when you, I, I find that when, like, I'm what I'm, I'm, I'm 43, old boiler, yeah. <laughs> um, you'd be surprised once you turn 40, what things begin to start giving you jip. You know, I, one jip. thing was jip. As well, it's it's really quaint saying actually. When it gives me jip, okay. it's like a bit of a pain. You know, okay. something start annoying you, jip. And you'd be surprised what actually does family. The fact I don't have a family does now actually give me jip. It does. It's like it's like an ache that when you've broken your leg and the rain starts coming out. You know, and you feel something in your bones that you feel sad about. And I will say I feel sad about that. But my parents don't know that I'm trans either. Um, and as it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't really bother me that they don't know. It well, doesn't bother I me. So my sorry. I was going to say mind you to like add to the conversation. And it is. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like, I think it's a lot for them to deal with because they are like 60. And again, as you were saying, it's just a different time. And I haven't told my extended family. And I think that's where I'm at now that they're like, oh, you should. Because I'm not saying I'm like close to them, but they'd be closer than I would. And I'm like a topic of conversation because you do ask about like people's children. So just, yeah, I, I don't know how to yeah. tell people who are my family, but especially the last two years, I've not seen nearly at all or only like once. But yes, I think it's okay yeah. with my relationship with my parents. But yeah, it's just a bit difficult. And I think, Good. I don't know, I feel my brother as well says that I can be difficult to deal with. So I'm not sure, is it all me? But yeah, I don't think mm. it is. Well, I don't know. I mean, part of being in a family, and especially if you're, as we in inverted commas, different. Yes. There's going to be, I, I think it's kind of a bit like a both sides. It, it does take two to tango. Yeah. I'm not saying that I was a walk in the park. But having said that, uh, you have to kind of, um, the way that I would sum it up is they weren't the kind of people that I needed. And I certainly wasn't the person that they wanted. So when I, when there's that disconnect and I, that's just the end of it, I feel. Yeah, because I've definitely gotten that sometimes my parents were like, oh, you weren't. Or they're saying that some things I say make it clear that they weren't the parents for me or something. And I definitely was like that as a teenager, they're melodramatic and being like, Oh, I wish I had someone else as my parents, but now yeah, like, I know. Yeah. Do, uh, can I, I just say something? I do. Yeah. Because one thing that I've realized recently is that, you know, how teenagers say, well, it's probably, you know, I'm going through that period, I'm wearing black and I'm listening to Avenge Sevenfold or something and I want the whole, you know, life is shit and la la la. Um, sometimes I think you have to kind of look. Because I, 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 was, I was very much like that to an extent and it was literally ran out of tone for being quite feminine. Um, not that I was... You know, <laughs> I wasn't uh, standing in a pair of hot pants would say the GA hall by any stretch of the imagination. Wow. But um, no, no, I wasn't. <laughs> um, I was like, I should have no, done that. No, no, no. I was actually, I was, I was asexual as a plaster cast cherub and to the extent to Salam because when, look, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But the thing is that sometime I knew at the age of 18 something wasn't right. And a lot of the reason why I wasn't right was because of this um, chronic misattachment. I didn't, myself, my mother, she didn't love, she's incapable of love. 
so there was a lot of the reason why it turned out to be who I am in terms of the addictions anyway, certainly. Um, so the, why was I, why was I saying this? Um, yeah, you, I knew there was something at 18 that I knew I had to fix, but I went along and said, oh, well, I'm just a teenager. You know, sometimes it takes a bit of time to look back and you can see I, if I had actually known a bit more about myself at that time, things might have been a bit easier, but you can't go back. I'm just going to a 20 year phase. Yeah. <laughs> you justify it to yourself in like the weirdest ways. And then okay. like, you kind of slowly come to terms with it and like. No. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Mm. I think the worst night I ever spent in my life was when I turned 40. Right. That, for me, I was like, 40? Are you re- for real? And uh, the night of my birthday, I was um, in a Chinese hotel. My school were having an inter-school talent competition. They actually had locked the doors. No one could get out of the place. We're all forced to sit in the dark watching hour upon hour of Chinese entertainment, the biggest oxymoron by the way, which you could ever get <laughs> absolute dross and I was actually performing with the, this guy who was playing guitar uh, and we did a, a, a version of um, Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash we were absolutely drunk and disorderly and I'll know I'm far I've come a long way because I'm okay with being 43 but 40 it was like it was like post-apocalyptic flipping nightmare <laughs> I hated it I just awful and the fact that like going oh well you know what 30 years ago I remember when you know and I actually do it's the first time in my life you can actually just say 30 years ago I, was, I did this I did that I fancied this person 30 years ago. Um, but it's actually true, the older, if you're, if you're going about the right way, the older you are, the more, you actually do accrue wisdom at some point. It's, it's, it's actually true. I hope so. Because at the moment, I'm it, like, haven't got a lot going on upstairs. So hopefully that'll change. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, it, it actually, no, but it actually does. But everything's a process. And when you're dealing, especially within a family situation, to survive the fact that you actually aren't loved or you don't get on, for some reason, there's a glitch in the matrix. You create the self that you do to adapt to the situation. And then that self becomes maladaptive because... When you go to the world, you, you can't get rid of it, the false self. So I'm actually in the process of, of peeling the false self off of me. And, you know, it's like I, I've meeting other trans people is, is a, a great thing. Um, especially when you meet them and they're working in shops, you know, which when I was starting to when I was thinking that, you know, Lachlan's tone and, and, and the, um, how do I say, the waiting list is only going to take two years. Oh, yeah. When I was really innocent and green, um, I was thinking, oh, I'll be a pariah. I won't, no one will want to, you know, take me on board. I, I, I don't work. I am unemployed, but... Uh, the local charity shop because I, I love tat diving you know I love I love buying going to you know charity shops and getting books and DVDs and what have you it's like another education it's like the temple of tat and um, uh, anyway the, the the thing is is that this woman who's working there said oh we want would you volunteer for maybe a few hours a week 
uh, and they're like, "When you got, we love the way you dress. We love your attitude. We want you to come here. The place is stale. We need you to to shake things up a bit." And that for me was just like, "Wow!" <laughs> I thought I was literally, you know, it was going to, I was going to be basically being put out to seed in a dress, and and my estrogen, you know, and. I'm glad to say that 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 isn't the case. And having a bit of a bit of rock and roll attitude doesn't doesn't hurt either. You know, I mean, I like my leather jackets, the eyeliner, and a bit of you know new wave attitude. That seems to kind of help with things like you know random bouts of transphobia, or you know, which is something that we all fear, obviously. But it's like when you see meet another trans person, even on the street. And the instant affinity that you feel it in your in 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 the center of your being and lights you up for a moment, and that for me is 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 like is Gideon. That is you gives me it 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 kind of you know puts a pin in the old dysphoria you know, um, to find out that there are these people out there who are doing your thing who are you know, working nine to five jobs and being normal and the we are actually normal. It's just everyone else is fucked up, you know? And that is actually quite true because the more I'm going on this journey, the more sense I'm actually making of my life and becoming Fiona has saved my ass. Yeah. So that is a beautiful thing when you can like connect with someone almost instantly. And I know it's not Mm -hmm. like this grand moment of like, oh my goodness, we're friends, we're connected, but it's just an instant recognition that is just like, as you said, beautiful. And I just want to ask It's validation. Okay, that's the word, validation. Yes, thank you. And Validation, right there. You know how we do, just, am I, am I, Really, am I going to, you know, take the the finasteroid and put on the estrogen three times a day? Really, that's mad. Really, you're going to grow tits, <laughs> you know, which I am, by the way, um, <laughs> and proud that I'm cultivating them. But the thing is, is that, um, and but then to see someone just like you looking back at you with the same eyes, the same look in the eyes. Like going, thank Christ, I'm not alone and I'm not wrong. Yeah, that like, there's someone else. It's like the thing, I think Janet Mock is the first trans person I've said it, like girls like us, that like kinship. And it's like, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I found that in Dunn stores. Yeah. Um, a big flame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found it in Dunn's. I found it at Delhi Counters. And you found it in Trans I've, Writers Union, which you are a part of, right? Yeah. I, I, well, I'll tell you, um, uh, James, James and... Um, Is it Anna? And oh God, yeah. Sorry, Anna. Can you can you edit that out? Yeah. James and Anna um, are great. They're uh, pivotal in my uh, recovery. Um, they've helped. Uh, they've helped kind of help me make form a good, strong pulpit. They've helped me to gain more confidence in claiming my own narrative. Um, they've also helped me kind of like we did um, a, a talk up in for the Belfast Literary Festival in Belfast that we did over Zoom uh, I looked like something or whatever happened to Baby Jane I looked awful that day <laughs> hey but, uh, things look good there it is like theatrical in baby uh, Jane oh but you are Blanche you are in that chair you know um yeah. so 
there was that, um, but also the opportunity to, like on the 14th of November as part of the Dublin Book Festival to go talk about being a writer um, in, in, Smock, in Smock Alley. Well, like that, in person? That is a big, yeah. <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the, the TWU, which sounds like we should be in government or something, the TWU has made things extremely... Um, has has helped smoothen out the kinks big time for me um, and getting published at the end of the year in a trans anthology that's going to be in all the libraries in Ireland oh that's amazing that's, that's major duty that's major duty stuff they're doing oh. great stuff I mean like the, the whole um, thing about uh, you know going against the Irish times over there mm-hmm. absolutely I was just like that that is just so pathetic. I don't even read the bloody thing, and and with good reason. Um, but uh, yeah, excellent. And it was the first time that I was able to communicate as Fiona when I wouldn't have been even wearing makeup going to the shop or or whatever like that. So excellent stuff. That's all I can say about the, the Trans Writers Union, and they're doing really good. Stuff and uh, they're they're giving they're giving the disenfranchised a larynx. Yes, oh, that's such a nice thing. Yeah, and it's collective, and it's individual. Can I just ask what your piece of writing will be in the anthology? Yeah, it's 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 basically um, when I I call it Mitzi and the Mudlark. Oh. And it's basically based on my memories of uh, actually one of the the forerunners of uh, the transgender movement in Ireland used to be this lady uh, called Mitzi. She oh. used to drive uh, around Cork City a little purple car with the biggest pair of purple dice in the windshield. And um, yeah, and her name written out, kind of like an autograph on the dashboard, in cursive <laughs> writing. This is gorgeous. So uh, it was. It was. I mean, to my virginial senses, it was like that's tacky as hell. But looking back, it was the utmost in uh, you know frontline stuff. And. She used to do kind of like, you know, the I call it the, the cancer shop wigs. Uh, looked kind of, it was like in their 60s. And uh, I don't think it was on hormones, but it was going through, you know, the, the trans, social transition anyway, yeah. at least. And I always was fascinated by her. But it was one Saturday as I was passing her in the street, all these, well, undesirables started going, oh, fucking faggot, uh, weirdo, blah, blah, blah. And she kept walking with her head up. That stayed with me for years and years and years and years. And I always wondered why. (laughs) And here we are. Because it's happened to me. Yeah. It's not nice. It happens to me as well. And it's just such an odd thing, like getting called like a faggot and other expletives it's just yeah. like you don't know how to react and I imagine seeing that when you were younger is just a beautiful like I guess pillar of strength I don't want to be cliche but it's well do you know what there's there's a um, there's a place for cliches too mm-hmm. if you understand them mm-hmm. definitely there is like the serenity prayer and and all like you'd say oh well, I'm not not religious or anything, but it, it makes sense. You kind of like I've written up here. It's like grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, and the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's top drawer advice, you know. Yeah, the case of like change what you can and and accept what you can't change it's just it's simple as but people don't get it and um i hope to god that at this late stage that's exactly what i am doing um 
I, I, I'm looking into kind of voice therapy and stuff like that, but it, it, that's really hardcore um, that you can, you know, hormones are never going to change your voice. Um, I'm looking into voice therapy at the moment. It is, it's, it, it's fascinating stuff, but it's, it's, it's scary. Sandra has done some of that, I think. Yeah, I, I was doing it over the summer. Um, I wanted to kind of practice a bit during college. Right. For college, um, for going back. I I don't know what I can say because she was kind of saying to me that my voice isn't very deep. Um, yeah. the main thing she was actually talking about is actually speaking loudly because I speak very soft. Like I right. used to like speak a lot more like this. And she was like, No, you kind of have to like the thing that they really focus on is actually called resonance. Yeah. And I'm sure like a lot of people find this interesting. It's it's hard to describe what it is because it's kind of like you have to talk forward. Um, a good practice, they say, is like you meow like a cat. You go like meow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You feel the vibration uh-huh. kind of in your nose. That's uh-huh. when you're kind of doing it more resonant. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I, that's just something if you were curious. Um, I'm sure like the listeners who haven't done voice therapy yet will be interested too. Yeah, it, it, I, I, I'm finding a lot on YouTube. Yeah. There's, a lot um, of good, there's one, one specific lady is doing it and she's very good but it is so it's like it's like it's like theory it's like music theory it's it's yeah. really intense it's really fascinating stuff but it's it take it very very like you know uh, calm easy measures because it, it's something that you have to learn to 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 basically pull back and listen because i went into it of course like a, a <laughs> whatever a co-elephant or whatever it just been, and it, i was i was totally overwhelmed i was totally overwhelmed by it wait what was this but, hmm? well like with, with this this whole um music theory uh class on on youtube yeah um, well i i the um speech therapist gave me a an app you can just download on your phone called voice tools and as you oh. talk into it, it will tell you like what your pitch is and like what your what note your like voice is coming in. Oh, voice tools. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's called voice tools, and it's oh. like it's a symbol of a microphone with like a little pink and blue background. It kind of looks like trans flagish. It's not exactly a trans oh. flag, but um, well, yeah, we'll, we'll say it is. Yeah, it's very close. Um, oh. so I mean, what was interesting to me was actually. I was like nearly I had like she was teaching me how to do a deep voice. So I'm gonna like so if I talk lower like this, right? I have to talk like down here. And I mm. couldn't do that before I spoke to her. I was like, I don't know. May I hope it's some like I don't know. Okay. But okay. I really I really hate my own voice as well. Like I feel so awkward listening to it. So it's kinda of weird to do a podcast. Yeah, I know. Ugh, I don't like mine either. I love your voice chills, like uh, I don't know. I, what? I, I think it's coming. I, I was at the beginning, as I said. Like I, you know, one person I've always been fascinated with is Marlene Dietrich. Do you know Marlene Dietrich? Yeah, like she the was like actress, a, yeah, like the, the actress. 30s. Very, yeah. And she's very. I was watching one of her movies the other night, Destry Rides Again. I was looking at her, and she, she's a beautiful creature, and one of my household goddesses. And I'm going. What a strange choice the American public made, because she's she's basically that the voice is very deep. It's a very she was deep like voice. German, I think. She was German, yeah. 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 Thing, it's not really as much for like a feminine voice. Isn't as much about pitch, like deep or high. It's more mm. about the resonance, is what they talk about, mm. and yeah. that's something that you can just train yourself to do or like learn. Because um, the male. Sorry, I, I'm wrong word. If you're exposed to testosterone, um, mm. it expands your voice, your like voice yes. box. Yeah, so that means yeah. you can actually access a higher range of voices. So you could actually like, um, it kind of defaults to deeper, but you can actually like just learn how to do higher. Whereas someone who hasn't had kind of testosterone has a mm-hmm. has a smaller voice box. And that's why when trans men transition, their voices get deeper because their voice box is basically getting like wider or bigger, larger. Okay. Right. Okay. That might not be 
exactly technically correct, but that's the kind of general idea of it. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's a complete, uh, uh, as a field of study, it's, it's yeah. hardcore. Amazing stuff. Amazing. Uh, and I, I, know I actually, I kind of love my voice, but the more I'm going on, the more I'm kind of like, this is kind of an illusion breaker. You know? as well it's not it's quite melodic it, like your accent yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's not like you'll lose the voice that you have now it's more like you'll learn more what you can do with your voice I don't know, I'd love to do as a party trick you know uh, be able to re-speak like a woman then just start singing a folk a dirty old folk song or something yeah because it's it, the, the, the switch is so dramatic yeah I, I, I watch oh, like some YouTubers I um who will like they'll do like a boy voice and a girl voice and like online yeah. they'll go on to like chat rooms and stuff and like mess with people. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 like stuff like that. And it's that's that's great stuff. I mean that that's kind of a, how to say a, a new pinnacle of pranks pranksership. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's a great you know? trick. Yeah, it's great stuff. Yeah, and um. And with terms of like hormones and um, anti, well, I'm on antiandrogens. You'd be on anti, misad, no, not misadrogens. I'm on blockers and estrogen. Blockers. But I'm waiting for my new prescription to get through. Um, Do you do gender I, GP? I, uh, no, I, I went to a psychotherapist in Cork, psychologist, pardon, in Cork, who then referred me to... But not Bali Firm. Uh, that's where I go to college. Auckland Town or the oh, Drada. Lady of oh, Galway. Yeah, Lady of Lords and Drada. And okay. um, they're they're better than Lachlan's Town, from what I've been told. But on the other hand, they still seem very like like I didn't get a message last time I was meant to have an appointment, and I didn't know until that week. And I only found mm-hmm. out because I called them to ask them why yeah. I wasn't getting my hormones. Well, I. Don't know because I've said this to some uh, trans people, and they're like, "What?" I uh, joined Gentle GP. They, they, if you are unwaged, they will give you a reduction. Oh, really? Yeah, um, I'm actually getting my um, meds on the medical card. All right. Um, I mean, it's it's costing me about twenty euro a month to transition. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, I think yeah. we're getting close to the end. So, would you like to yeah. say anything oh, yeah. else before you wrap I've, up? Soon? I've said a lot. <laughs> I know, but still, like you might have the way you want to end it. Um, uh, do you have any you want to plug? If anything to plug, I do. Yeah, come along on the fourteenth of November to Smock Alley. I'll be there uh, doing my uh, uh, discussion of being a trans writer and maybe even some impromptu stand up. Who knows? <gasps> yeah, we love humor. We need a bit of. Um, we need a kind of someone out there to start with the jokes. Maybe it's a bit, maybe a bit too sensitive an issue yet. But no, then again, trans comedians, we didn't have some on like Ali O'Rourke. I think oh, there's really? also, like, yeah. yes, I think they're mainly in Dublin. She does it with some other trans people. Oh, yeah, those like the token cis, is I believe <laughs> they're kind oh, of like uh, what, true. What, 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 okay, have you got a kind of um, an email address for them or something? Oh, we do. We can give you that after, of course. We can email you their email. I would actually love that. That I've been looking to everyone is saying you should be in stand up. And That's I said, awesome. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm actually I'm tormented. <laughs> I've got the torment and the uh, recovering from a drink problem. That's automatically in the club. Just enough um, to be funny. We're like, yeah, I'd be thank, funny. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> thank you so much for um being here today. Thank you very much for having me. And um, we're just gonna close it up. Um yeah. Well, I guess if you want to follow the Starlings, it's 
This is Starlings on Twitter and Instagram. So yes, that is who we are, people. Thank you so All much right. for listening, Fiona. Thank you for being here. And thank we'll you see so you guys much, next Fiona. week. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Bye.